Welcome to the Heroes of IT podcast. Um, we're here at Oddmox. We talk with all of our IT heroes on what's going on in the state of IT and the realm of endpoint management. My name is Ashley. I'll be your host for today. I'm a customer marketing manager here at Oddmox, and I'm joined by James Sennett. Um, welcome, James. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Why don't you introduce yourself um, to our listeners um, and tell them a little bit about what you do inside of IT? Yeah, so I'm the director of IT operations at Gong. Um, Gong is a uh, revenue intelligence platform. Um, we use our homegrown AI to capture and understand and uh, act on customer interactions. Um, the the platform powers revenue uh, workflows, including coaching, forecasting, and even uh, strategic initiatives. Uh, my role within Gong uh, is to keep our employees working, uh, keep things running, uh, and enable them to really do the most with their resources. Very cool. I know I see clips of Gong all over LinkedIn, all over the internet, um, especially if you're in the SaaS industry, I think. It's a pretty inescapable tool. It's pretty key to a lot of sales organizations. Yeah, it's it's um, a great tool, and I, I love uh, uh, being a part of uh, of it to see it grow and see everyone uh, give us that same feedback. Yeah, definitely. Well, for those of you who don't know, every year Automox surveys IT professionals um, from across the industry, and we produce a state of IT ops report. Um, inside of it, we kind of delve into key findings, important things that the IT community is facing, and, you know, also some ways to solve that. So today we're going to go over a few of those key statistics and findings. Um, without further ado, I'll jump into it. Our first statistic is that less than half of organizations in IT operations report a high level of IT agility. In fact, only 44% of organizations align themselves with that high agility label. Um, so let's dive into what even is agility in IT operations, James? Yeah, so I, I see agility um, not from the typical, like, you know, ITIL uh, agility definitions, but um, really it's just our ability to move from one priority to another quickly to, to be able to support the business. Um, that's really where, where IT is able to provide value is, is being able to be agile and adjust to those business priorities. Yeah. So what would you say is a great first step for people who are maybe knee deep in IT requests? Yeah, I, I think it all comes down to the, that prioritization. So being able to understand what the business is requesting um, and what actually is important. Uh, I think that's somewhere where we get stuck is just in that repetitive uh, you know, ticketing, uh, those repetitive requests um, and being able to actually cut through that and understand what things need to happen and what things would we would just like to happen. Uh, that, that's difficult for, for IT professionals and IT leaders um, to really get to the heart of it. But that's where you're going to get the most value and really provide that agility to the business um, is by identifying what matters. Yeah, yeah. I know everyone would love to say yes to all requests, but that's definitely not always possible. Um, and it definitely comes at expense of your workday, your stress level, um, and at the end of the month or the quarter, what you can say you actually checked off on your to-do list. Um, yeah. Can you give us an example of how you practice IT agility on your team? Yeah, 
Yeah, so um, I think the, the, the main thing uh, is around what we do say yes to, what do we actually need to provide? Um, we, we get stuck in this, let's provide a perfect solution. And really you don't need to provide a perfect solution to every issue. Uh, you can provide that minimum viable product and that continues to let the business run uh, without getting you bogged down in that, you know, search for perfection. Um, so really, uh, you know, allowing yourself to to crawl before you walk or run um, uh, allows you to do more uh, and allows you to provide, you know, greater value. Um, and also re reducing those silos. I think, I think a lot of uh, kind of old school IT departments have very siloed uh, teams. You know, you have your endpoint team, you have your identity team. Being able to reduce uh, the silos and give more overlap to them, allow them to back each other up and, and collaborate on issues rather than saying this is a, an identity project and they're the only ones that can touch it, uh, will definitely help uh, you be a little more agile, bring in better ideas and, and kind of get things done a little quicker. Yeah, it almost, it almost sounds silly to say out loud, but it feels like communication is really key and asking for help is really key and collaborations with other people who may have different ways of viewing problems is key. Um, I know, I think we all kind of have those concepts in the back of our mind, but actually getting them out and practicing them can make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's move on to our second talking point um, and keeping up with the IT curve. 57% um, of IT practitioners say that keeping up with technological advances is the most significant challenge that they face in their day-to-day. -day. Um, could you talk about some recent technological advances that you've noticed inside of the IT operations space? Yeah, I think the two biggest ones that, that I've noticed uh, over the last couple of years um, have been uh, AI, which I think we can set aside uh, for 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 the for a moment, but uh, the other one is kind of those low code um, uh, systems. Uh, we're seeing a lot of different companies coming out with you know these low code, no code automation uh, practices and, and competencies, um, and it's really advanced what companies are able to accomplish. Um, that's been probably the, the, the biggest one is it, is it reduces the barrier to entry for, for our end users to be able to, to create their own solutions. Yeah, definitely. It's always nice to say like, Hey, you can actually do this to yourself. You can self-serve. I mean, that's like an incredible answer yeah. to a lot of problems. Um, what's your favorite low code or no code offering? Um, I'd probably say there, there, there's two that, that come to mind. Um, so one would be Okta's identity governance platform. Uh, it allows us to manage a lot of the uh, uh, self-service pieces uh, and give people those, those, those options. Um, one that Gong is, is leveraging heavily is uh, actually called Workado. Um, we have one engineer in IT that works on this and kind of manages it. But then we have dozens of citizen developers that are out there building their own like low code or no code solutions to different issues. Uh, and they've been able to drive a ton of value for the business, especially our go-to-market teams uh, through that platform. Very cool. I'm sure people will be searching that right away after hearing that. 
Um, but that's awesome. I think that a big difference in IT within this past year and definitely going into 2024 is um, people do have that, you know, piece of technology that they're a little bit familiar with. Um, you know, people have backgrounds now in coding, but they may exist in different areas of the workspace. They may live inside, you know, design or engineering or growth teams, um, but they still have that little bit of skill that really goes a long way when they're trying to get their projects done. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think tooling is so important for IT organizations. Uh, just continuing with what you've done in the past really isn't good enough anymore, uh, mostly because we're being asked to do more, right? Um, looking at our, our legacy endpoint solutions, they're great and, and we enjoy using them, but they don't solve every issue. Um, so that's why we look at other you know, solutions that are able to allow us to uh, solve a lot of those gaps we have in those products uh, without adding a ton of overhead onto the team. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons that, that we, we went with Automox is because we were able to, you know, um, you know have really have a, a, a team multiplier um, with just a single tool. Um, it allowed us to close a lot of gaps that we would have otherwise need to bring somebody on to, to solve. Yeah, I mean, being at Automox, we love to hear that. Um, is there any specific part of the tool that you feel like this is the time saver, this is what makes it worth everything? Yeah, um, so I have one endpoint engineer at Gong. Um, he does mm -hmm. everything for us. Um, he's incredibly intelligent, uh, very good at his job, but he's one person. He only has a certain amount of time to, to, do, to do the work. Um, so a year ago, he was spending a lot of time, you know, writing scripts, testing, uh, managing those scripts, uh, managing just the policies and other, other ways that we're trying to, you know, work through remediations. Um, and we've been able to cut that down, um, I would say, almost, almost entirely out of, of his job. Um, through Automox, um, because what we've been able to do is instead of him writing a script to patch a system or him writing uh, something or creating a policy to, you know, re just reboot a computer, right? Um, we were able to, through Automox, just click a button and say, hey, there's already a worklet for this. There's already that built-in process that we don't need to go recreate. We're not, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time something comes out. There's already a catalog of all those solutions for us to choose from um, that Automox has, has curated uh, and, and, and allowed us to use. So um, being able to kind of like crowdsource um, that, uh, that, that knowledge and, and, and those skills um, has been a, a game changer for our endpoint uh, posture. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Um, and for you know those of you who are listening who may not use Automox, may not be super familiar with um, worklets, which is our key to scripting at scale um, and automating those things like James mentioned, um, I'd say it's kind of almost similar to how you have formulas inside of Excel and you can write you know one formula for a column and apply it to the entirety of your rows on your sheet and it's all done and calculated for you. Um, I'd say like that is the, the IT metaphor for it. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that other piece. So you said, let's set aside, um, you know, AI for a second. Let's, let's talk about that because highly agile organizations, which is only about, um, you know, 44% 
um, use AI for identifying vulnerabilities more than those with low agility. Um, so how are you guys currently using AI? I know it's like this big, scary, intimidating buzzword in the space right now. Yeah. Um, AI is a, like you said, it's intimidating to look at, right? Um, yeah, to try to figure out how to use it or, or how to apply it to, to your business. Um, the, the good thing about Gong is we are at our core an AI company. We, we homebrewed our own AI. Um, that's what we're built on. Um, so we, we use it every day within our platform. Um, but trying to use it from an IT standpoint or from a business standpoint is, is a little bit different. Um, right now, I, I feel like we're not using it enough. Um, it's it's something that we keep saying it's coming and it's it's going to be here before we know it of, of being just in every product where we're seeing this being rolled out across uh, every single platform that we have. Um, I get emails constantly saying, hey, try our new AI in beta. So it is something that that is going to be there and we have to adapt to it. Um, right now, we're using it for... I, to me, some basic uh, pieces. Uh, we're not really using it to its full capability. We're, we're replacing Googling, right? So um, anyone in IT will tell you that's like the basic skill you need is just learn how to use Google. Um, that's kind of changing. Now you can use AI to give you solutions and curate those solutions for you rather than having to sift through you know, uh, search results or those websites you know. Um, we're also using it for things like policy creation. Uh, procedure creation. So um, instead of having to write a whole procedure, um, we're able to use AI to give us the framework and then we can customize it for what we need. These are all pretty basic things that, that it can do and that it, it's helping us for. Um, I, it's it's not fully there yet because I think every company is different. You're going to have to still customize it. So it's still going to just use that 80% uh, AI, 20% of you uh, customizing it. Um, Ideally, though, we'd be using it for a lot more, right? This is where we see from the operations side, um, uh, my help desk team would be able to use this for ticket deflection, right? If we can reduce the amount of tickets that come in or just allow users to self-service a little bit more, uh, give them you know, th those options through AI, that'll help both our end users have you know, a faster response time, get back to doing their job rather than interacting with IT. Uh, and it would reduce the amount of strain on IT departments. Uh, we're, we're constantly under pressure to improve SLAs, reduce costs, things like that. And AI would really help with that. Um, but going further, it, it's going to do a lot uh, when it comes to more of those complex issues down the road. Um, being able to, you know, really do that uh, behavior monitoring and, and vulnerability uh, response uh, without having a, a human interaction. Right, being able to understand uh, overall, like end user behaviors, how do we, um, you know, fully respond to those, and how can we predict what's going to happen? So that's where that's where I think AI is going to come into play with with IT quite a bit, um, as well as just being able to help us with our automations. Yeah, it's kind of exciting because it feels like the quicker that you master this, like the more possibilities that there are both you know, in your other projects in your day-to-day, -day, but also, you know, when that next wave of AI comes out, you kind of really have it fully within your control, fully as a skill. Um, and that's kind of cool to think about. Yeah, this is definitely one of the things that uh, I, I think about, you know, growing up, uh, I've always had a computer. 
Um, and it's going to, this is the thing that I think is going to separate, you know, some generations of people that grew up with, uh, you know, just the internet and then people that grew up with AI and, and the, what they're going to develop and, and use AI for is going to continue to, to shift and change. And as leaders in, in IT, we have to be able to keep up with it. And really, the biggest struggle is not what AI can do. It's the guardrails we put around it. So how do we work with our compliance and security teams to make sure our companies are using it in a responsible way that fits within our guidelines, but still with enough freedom to you know bring that value, allow us to really uh, advance the, the the company goals. Yeah, I think I think those are really good words of advice for people who are looking to make their first ventures into into AI, or perhaps um, they can show that clip to higher ups um, when making the case for it. For sure. Okay, so I think that's pretty much everything that we wanted to chat about today. Um, for those of you who are interested in reading the State of IT Ops report, um, it is now live. You can go and read it and find a bunch of really interesting findings that we didn't have time to get into today, but are fun to read about nonetheless. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, James. Um, this was an absolute pleasure, um, and it was great hearing your thoughts on all of this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm.